You're listening to Direction for Life broadcast with Drs. Herbert and Marsha Bailey. For more information, visit rightdirection.info. We hope you enjoy today's broadcast. Today, Bishop Herbert Bailey continues with Passion for God. All right, let's go to the Word of God. This is part that I took a, um, this is part, I believe, three or four of the series that I started a few weeks ago entitled Passion, Passion for God. And it's, the thought behind this is that I started observing that it seemed like a lot of people have lost their zeal and passion for God and passion for the things of God. And when you lose your passion for something, what used to be a joy becomes a drudgery. But it used to be what you look forward to what you used to look forward to just becomes routine and it just drains you. And the Bible says, um, Psalms 100, I believe. Let me look at that there for a moment. Psalms 100. It says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with what? With gladness. God wants us to serve him with gladness. He doesn't want it to be a drudgery of serving him. And and a drudgery of us serving in ministry. A drudgery of us coming to church. A drudgery of us reading the word. A drudgery for us to stand up and worship God in uh, in the sanctuary, we're supposed to serve the Lord with gladness. But in order to do that, you got to maintain your passion. And so we looked as a backdrop to see how this can easily happen. We look at two churches in the, in the book of Revelation, the church of Ephesus, uh, where it's written about in Revelation 2, 1 through 5, where he says that uh, they, he has someone against them because they left their first love. It's often quoted as lost at first love. But when you lose something, that seems like it's um, passive. It's inactive. But when you leave, that's an act of your will. That's a decision. And he said, you have left your first love. God wants to be our first love. Amen. God wants us to, I mean, the first commandment that God gives us is that we should love the Lord. Deuteronomy 6 and 5. With all our heart, with all our soul, and with all our might. God wants us to love him passionately. And so he doesn't want us to become lukewarm. Then we also looked at the church of Laodicea, Revelation 3, 13 through 19. And he says, the problem with them, he said, they're neither hot nor cold. They were lukewarm, which God considered disgusting because he said, I will, I will spew thee out of my mouth. And then he gives us the reason why they had lost their passion for God. In Revelation 3, 17 through 19, he said, because they are rich now. They're materially rich, feel that they don't need anything. You know, and a lot of times, some of us, y'all, when we are desperate for money and desperate for our needs being met, man, we go hard after God. We'll, we'll, we'll fast to make sure the money comes through to meet that bill. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll fast and pray so we won't get foreclosed on. You know, we, we'll, we'll, we'll pull out the stop spiritually when we have some type of material need or, or, or even physical need. 
And they had gotten to the place that they were rich, feel that they don't need anything. And God said, even though externally you look like you have no needs, externally look like everything is fine. He said, I see your heart. And he said, you really need to come to me because you don't really realize that you're wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. He said, you need to come and get this right so I can cover your nakedness before it's shown and revealed to everybody. I often say this, that when by the time things are are um, exposed, particularly of a believer, I can assure you that's not the first time it happened. God gets no delight in exposing us. One of the things the Bible says is that love covers a multitude of sin. Love covers a multitude of, of fault and love is of God and God is love. So if anybody wants to cover us, God wants to cover us. Doesn't want to expose our nakedness, expose our wretchedness, uh, expose our 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 uh, our misery and our blindness. God doesn't want to expose us. He wants us to come to Him. Let's get this right. I, God says, "I know, I know. Everybody doesn't know you, and and look like you got it going on. They they they, they think you're all that at the office. They think you're all that in that company." You know, your, your relatives who don't know you think that you're the, you're, the, you're the one in the family who got it all together. God said, but I know you. I know you. And if we don't get things right with me, God said, then everybody who think you got it going on, they're going to see you got none of that going on. So Jesus said, told, told the church, because they lost their first love and because they felt they didn't need him anymore, they need need him anymore. They need to repent. And to repent means to turn around. And we looked at an example. We saw how David had a hot passing relationship with the Lord. Um, which is why he said, as the deer panted after, after the water brook, so my heart panted after thee, O God. We said that passion for God requires that you got to have a passion for the word. You're not going to have a passion for God separate from a passion for his word. And the Bible says to desire this and see a miracle of the word that you may grow thereby. That's first Peter two and two. You have to create and cultivate an appetite for the word of God. I use for an example. I drink sparkling water all the time now. Perrier and San Pellegrino. But Pastor Marshall introduced it to me. Probably when we was going together or something or dating. Uh, first time I, t- I taste sparkling water, I'm like, ugh, how you drink this? You know, when you used to drinking Coke and sweets, how, ugh, this is, now, but over the years, I've cultivated an appetite for it. That's how it is with the word of God. You got to cultivate an ap- appetite for the word. And, uh, you know, Gloria Copeland said this years ago, uh, I'll never forget this. She said, your attention follows, um, your desires follow where you put your attention. Your desires will follow where you put your attention. Anything you, you ever, you ever, um, I, you know, I, I have, uh, I have, may, I may have particular television shows that I watch, and that's enough of them. Okay, and so they'll be saying, "Well, new series coming on." Somebody, somebody say, "You seen this on Peacock?" No, I don't have Peacock. I only see Peacock. I got enough. I, I got enough television. I don't, I don't need no more television. But I know that you start watching it. You know, now I, got, I now need to see such and such. What happens? You cultivate a desire for it. If you didn't put it before your eyes, you wouldn't have a desire for it. And you understand what I'm saying? That's how it is with the word of God. You got to, uh, one place it says, uh, it says, uh, what's, what's, what's scripture I'm thinking about? Keep it in the midst of your eyes. Okay? 
Let me show you that scripture. Because they are life to your flesh. Let this word not depart out of your mouth. You know what scripture talk about? Keep it in the midst of your heart. Proverbs 4, 20 and 21. My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. This is a reference to the word of God. Why? Because they are life unto those that find them and health to all thy, all their flesh. So we have to give attention to the word of God. Keep, keep our eyes on the word and let the word be for, and then keep word in our heart. And if we do, it'll be life to us and also health to our flesh. Amen. Passion for God, we say, requires a memory. Don't ever forget what God's done for you. I don't care how much, how far you are from it now, and the older you get, the more God's blessed you, the more prosperous you are. And, and as I said, you know, lack and, and, and negative things, the more you go on with God, ought to be a faint picture in your rearview mirror. You're getting further and further away from it, but don't ever forget Amen. that God brought you out of it. Amen. 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 Don't ever forget. I don't. I, I know some some people that get to the place they don't want to talk about it anymore. They don't want to talk about how they used to live and where they used to be. And 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 they, you know, we, I understand that regarding sin, you know, we 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 don't even want to think about it. But when God brought you out of poverty, when God brought you out of misery, when God brought you out of a wretched life, when God come on, when when God brought you out of depression, don't you forget where God brought you from? And you should share your testimony, every opportunity that you have. And everything that you share, it may not always be in a public setting like this. But there's sometimes on a one-on-one basis that you share things that God brought you through because, because that person going through that same thing or in that bondage and they need to see what somebody delivered looks like. Amen. Hallelujah. And everybody in church can't understand it, but they, but this person who's in this addiction or this bondage, they need to hear from you and see, man, look, I was in the same position you were in, or if not worse, and God brought me up and he, and he established my going. Don't forget what God's brought you from. That, that'll, that'll cause you to continue to have passion for God. Then we said passion makes you seek God, which I want to go a little bit deeper today because seek, we said it means to, uh, to go after, to seek a thing, to to aim for, to strive, to require, and demand, to crave. When you have a passion for God, you require God. One of the scriptures, David said, "I that I I need you and I love you more than my necessary food." I mean, talk about requiring God. So let's go a little bit deeper today, as we talk about passion causes you to pursue. Passion makes you pursue. And I've said this over the years. And I don't, I can't, I've been saying this so long. I don't know if it's mine. I got it from somebody else. But I've been saying this so long, so it's mine now. Okay. And that is the proof of desire is pursuit. The proof of desire is pursuit. Anything that you truly desire, you pursue, you go after. Anything you pursue, you go after. And when, you know, when I was thinking about this, um, I thought about the lyrics to that song, when a man loves a woman. 
Okay? It was originally recorded by, um, I believe it's Percy Sutton. Percy Sledge. Okay, correct me. (laughs) Percy Sledge, originally. And then it was re-recorded by Michael Bolton. Some of us said, oh, I thought that was Michael Bolton's song. Yeah. But, uh, hold on, where's it at here? Here Here we go. When a man loves a woman, can't keep his mind on nothing else. He changed the world for the good thing he's found. If she's bad, he can't see it. She can't do no wrong. Turn his back his best friend if he put her down. When a man loves a woman, he'll spend his very last dime trying to hold on to what he needs. He'd give up all his comforts, sleep out in the rain. If she said that's the way it ought to be. Now that's some kind of love. When a man loves a woman. I don't know about that. (laughs) Well, this man loves you, woman. I gave you everything I had, didn't I? Watch it. (laughs) I did. That wasn't hard. But you didn't have anything. That's why I gave you everything I had. That's why it wasn't hard to do it. You didn't have anything. He had a little bit of something. Well, this man loves you, woman. I gave you everything I had. Trying to hold on to your heartless love. Baby, please don't treat me bad. When a man loves a woman deep down in his soul, she can bring him such misery. If she's playing him for a fool, he's the last one to know. Loving eyes can never see. When a man loves a woman, he can do, he can do her no wrong. He can never want some other girl. Yes, when a man loves a woman, I know exactly how he feels. Because baby, baby, you're my world when a man loves a woman. I mean, that's a song about passion. It's talking about the extremes that a man will go to when he loves a woman. I I said to someone someone years ago uh, who was dating someone and, and looked like they were always, the woman was always going out of town to go see him. You know, always. And I said, I said, well, what's. I said, why are you making all these trips? I said, why, why, why are you making all these trips? He said, well, he's busy and he got this. And I said, nah, nah. Come on, brother, y'all know what I'm talking about? When a man want to see a woman, he can reach him by airway, trailway, reach me with the mind, but he will get there if he can. When a man really loves a woman, come on now, passion makes you go out of your way. Passion makes you pursue. So I got, a, I got a few rhetorical questions for you tonight. Number one, do you have a desire for God and the things of God? Rhetorical means you think about it, reflect upon it. Number one, do you have a desire for God and the things of God? Number two, do you pursue God? Number three, Do you pursue the things of God? Number four, what or who do you pursue? Number five, who or what do you go out of your way for? Who or what do you go out of your way for? And number five, who or what do you allow yourself to be inconvenienced for? 
All of these are questions of passion and pursuit. Do you desire God and spiritual things? Do you pursue God? Do you pursue the things of God? And if not, what do you pursue? Because all of us, we, we're all pursuing something. Some people pursuing money. Some, some people pursuing a man. Some people pursuing a woman. Okay. Somebody, somebody came to me Sunday and they totally, totally threw, totally threw me off. I thought they'd give me a talk about Sean. But they were talking about me. Yeah. They came to me after church. Said, Pastor, I got to tell you something. I got to tell you something. I said, what? They said, well, a friend of mine said, said, why don't you get on one of these dating sites so you can find a boyfriend? And they said, <laughs> and they said at first, they said, I said, no, I'm just going to wait on the Lord to bring me my boyfriend. But I guess they changed their mind. So they went on the website. They said, Pastor, hey, guess who I saw? Sean. <laughs> guess who I saw? I said, I, I got all excited. I said, who? She said, you. And I said, not Sean. <laughs> she said, you. She said, somebody using your picture. Now, what that tells y'all is that I'm fine. I'm f- That's how I receive it. I'm so fine. Somebody want to be me. No, if you look like me, you can catch a woman. What you talking about? That means I am fine. But seriously, she she told me, and so she reported it, and they they took it down. But that's the second time we had heard that. Somebody else said that. Somebody somebody used my picture out on these uh, out on these um, go get a woman, find a man site, or whatever. Um, But but when you but listen to me, y'all. No no no. Why people do that? Because they're pursuing. They're actively pursuing. They say, I ain't going to sit around and wait. I'm going to go out. I'm going to put myself out there. I'm going to try to find myself a man. I'm going to try to find myself a woman. They are pursuing. What do you pursue? Imagine people pursued God like that. And how about this other question? Who or what do you allow yourself to be inconvenienced by? Because what you allow yourself to be inconvenienced by is important. That person or that thing is important to you. Some people, they will not allow themselves to be inconvenienced by the Lord. They will not allow church to be inconvenienced to them. Child, I'm just saying, I ain't doing that no more. They be doing the most up there. Ain't nobody got time for all that. Okay? But they got time for clubbing. They got time for travel. They got time to whatever else. It's just that the things of God is not that important. And remember, I often, often talk about this. Everything comes down to values. Everything comes down to values. So, um, several years ago, I didn't read the book. Did, did, did you read the book, God Chaser? Okay. Yeah. So, awesome book. So you can talk about it a little more. Okay. But I, but I remember it was, a, it was a major book in the body of Christ. Probably what, late 90s, early 2000? Yeah. 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 It was written by Tommy Tenney. Tommy and he wrote a book called God Chaser. And, he, and remember, he, remember that book, God Chaser. He wrote a book called God Chaser. So I started thinking about what a God Chaser is and looking at different people's definition for what is meant by a God Chaser. A God Chaser is an individual whose hunger exceeds his reach. His hunger exceeds his reach. 
I, I'm so thirsty. I'm so hungry for God. I, I can't go after him hard enough. And there's always more. His hunger exceeds his reach. A God chaser is a person whose passion for God's presence presses him to chase the impossible in hopes that the uncatchable might catch him. Let me read that again. A person whose passion for God's presence presses him to chase the impossible in hopes that the uncatchable might catch him. That's what Paul means when he says in Philippians uh, 3 or, uh, that I want to apprehend that for which I've been apprehended. I want God went after me and I want everything that he went after me for. Uh, just like a, a child chases a loving parent until suddenly the strong arms of the father engulf and enfold the child. It, ma- it made me think one of, one, one of my one of my grand one of my grandsons. Every time I'm around, he, his face just lights up and he just and he just comes to me. He wants me to hug him. He wants me to pick him up. Now, he don't want to stay there. But 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 that that's the way of greeting. I, I pick him up and I hug him, and then then, then he want to get down. Okay, but but just like a child, a, a child runs to the parent, and because he's running to the parent, the child the parent throws their arms around him. That's what God does when you run after Him. He said, "If you seek me early, you'll find me." Everybody is chasing something. I talked about that Sunday, right? About men chasing women, old men still tr- trying to chase women. And if they catch them, don't, want, don't know what they can do with them. Okay? But everybody's chasing something. Some people chasing money. Some people chasing fame. Some people chasing followers. I get all this stuff about telling me how I can, I can, I can get more Instagram followers. I can pay for it. How they, 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 they can give me a special indicator to show that I'm famous. Or celebrity, all and there's people who go after that. Everybody's chasing something, and chasing, but chasing God is about taking the time to ask yourself, who or what am I pursuing? And deciding, to becoming God chasing means deciding to put your time, your energy, and your heart into getting closer to Him, because everybody's chasing something. The issue is, are you willing to chase after God? A God chaser is one who's passionate about God and the things of his kingdom. A God chaser is zealous after God. He's one who loves God and is willing to make sacrifices for his kingdom. A God chaser is one whose priority is in life is God and how he might please him. Look at Philippians, the third chapter. You want to say something more about being a God chaser since you read the book? Oh, that was a long time ago. (laughs) But, you know, I'm thinking, sitting here thinking as you're reading this and talking about this, this book was so popular because it took, it, it brought God into a place that you had the capacity to pursue and catch him. Mm. For such a while, you know, and maybe it could just be my, me and my background, because I read it, you know, many years ago, so I was closer to my Catholicism roots, where God was a, was far away. You, you prayed and you served him, but he, you know, you really couldn't connect with him. He was unreachable. Intimate relationship. Have an intimate relationship. So during this time when this book became very popular, it brought God into a place of intimacy, 
which is why so many, when the hands went up, you know, the question was asked, the hands went up, like, who read the book? Many of us have read it because it was a hunger, obviously, that we could, we could become intimate with the everlasting God. I mean, it's just such a, it's such a wild thought when I'm just thinking about it, you know, that you have this, this God, God who created everything, the universe, us, he wants to be intimate with us. He wants you to have such a relationship with him that you wake up in the morning and he's the first thing on your mind. Throughout the day, your mind, instead of wandering about um, the show that played on last night, it wanders back to God. Wondering, and, and it, wondering you know, what can I do to please him? So that's what that whole book was all about. And then it talked about how when you came in contact with God, when you pursued him, when he showed up, he changed the atmosphere. And I just, it just, it just reminds me of all of that because I really believe that God desires his people to want him in such a way that we pursue him every day. Because there's purpose in this pursuing of God. Right? God is, is drawing his church and drawing his people to a place that we truly dominate and truly represent because Jesus is soon to come. But so many things have to play out scripturally. And, the, and what is the precursor of all of that is God people having a passion for passion him. Passion for him. So I just, just think this is so timely. Amen. When you lose your passion and desire for something, it's not fun or enjoyable anymore. You just go through the motions. Many of us have lost our passion for God and the things of God. In this teaching, Bishop Herbert Bailey encourages us to find the passion we once had for God and the things of God. To order this message, call 877-798-5433 or order online at www.rightdirection.info. Just ask for passion for God. As we continue to socially distance, be sure to stay connected with us online. Stream our services on Facebook and YouTube, as well as rdci.info via the Watch Live tab. Sunday morning services are at 7.30 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. on YouTube, Facebook, and our website. Wednesday Bible study airs at 12 noon and 7 p.m. Friday, Women's Bible Study airs at 12 noon via Facebook Live. Consider connecting with us as a partner or an iChurch member. More information about our partnership and iChurch member services can be found on our website at rdci.info. For consistent updates and encouragement, connect with us on social media through Facebook at Right Direction Church International and on Twitter and Instagram at the RDCI. Right Direction Ministries, transforming lives and impacting generations.